that's all i have to say about that nice hold on i uh, sound like for us gum there <laughs> yeah no, i've got a slight smile on my face with as you say whether they'll bring a large squad if not got a right to the cricket board said we there are few players who are ready to come out of retirement <laughs> who are not retired living in australia yeah day of training he last hey polly do you want to come and do some fitness with me so we used to run away from me yeah fairy tale game for him i guess and to a lot of the you know if someone wants to write a script about a good comeback can't get anything any better than what usman did yeah you know you might not get get 10 10 years out of them but yep. you will you will get good 3 4 years out of them Welcome everyone. My name is Vida and this is Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast. A podcast where we discuss current news and developments happening in the cricket world with a special focus on Sri Lanka cricket. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host Sohan. How are you doing, Bora? Doing good, Vida. Uh things have been pretty quiet, but overall following the ashes, life is good. How about you? Yeah, same here. Games been called off due to COVID. Um so no cricket this weekend for me. Yeah, other than that, we've been watching Ashes and following what's been happening around the cricket world. So there's few new stories coming from Sri Lanka. Few players have stated that they want to retire from playing international cricket. Banuka Rajapaksa and Angelo Pereira, they want to retire from uh, playing cricket for Sri Lanka. And Dhanush Gunatilaka has informed the cricket board that he wants to focus on playing white ball cricket, so he wants to retire from test cricket. And the bans imposed on Danushka Kusalmendis and Dinoshan Dikkala has been lifted uh, immediately and they are available for selection from now on. And um, Sri Lanka has a new interim coach for the Zimbabwe series. Rumesh Ratnayaka has been named as the interim coach and Ruin Pires as his assistant. And Usman Kawaja scores 200s in two innings. We've been backing him to come back to the test team and he has grabbed his opportunity by both hands and scored 200s in two innings and we have a couple of questions to answer from our listeners as well so we are should we start bora yeah let's go to sri lanka i think that's a good avenue to um start the podcast today not a lot of cricket being played in sri lanka at the moment so the discussions are around who are the players that need to be um picked um interim coach it's a popular topic rumesh ratnayaka is the king of interim coaches in sri lanka <laughs> so he's had that post on numerous occasions so he'll he'll know what is expected and when there are not much of cricket happening where i think the topic moves into fitness when we are trying to pick players in preparation for a series or towards ahead if there are not much cricket being played the next emphasis is to see where the fitness levels are so um i think centered around that came about um also i don't know whether they go hand in hand but banco rajapaksa indicate has indicated that he is reti- retiring uh, angelo pereira is retiring a strong domestic performer and danushka gunatilaka who's um, indicated that like you said shorter format i think a lot of players are moving heading in that direction uh, at least in the international circuit who wants to focus on certain um, formats of the game i think with the level of cricket that is playing and the specializing that needs to happen it's not a, a bad thing i think 
lot of Asian or teams in like Sri Lanka, Pakistan don't tend to play a lot of test cricket. It has to, a lot of the emphasis is on the shorter formats. And if Danushka feels that will give him more opportunity to, you know, better his skills, might be the best way to go forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've been busy playing a lot of cricket for the last few months. And, you know, we know after a big season of cricket, what comes next is the fitness test before the next series. So it's a normal thing. It's 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 in the cricket cycle of things. And um, what happened here was they are now expected to run the 2K time trial in a minimum of 8 minutes and 10 seconds. So that's down from 8.55 minutes last year. And the skin falls level uh, benchmark has been reduced from 85 to 70. So, you know, they've, they've raised the bar a bit high. And I'm guessing that's what's been required in world cricket at the moment. So, and as players, that's what's expected from you. Those are the things you can control. I mean, <laughs> being fit and scoring runs and taking wickets is the things you can control. So you are representing your country and there are certain standards you have to maintain. You can't have exceptions for certain players. This is not something that's, that has happened only for this set of players. This has been happening uh, in the past as well. Like great players like Aro in the Silva had to lose about 10 kilos to come back into the side and uh, he did it. I mean, we used to run away <laughs> when he comes to NCC because after a big day of training he'll ask hey Molly do you want to come and do some fitness with me so we used to run away from him if he had to do it then I don't see why uh, this new generation of cricketers can't do that but it is their personal decision and um, we'll keep an eye on what's going to happen because uh, they'll have to select the teams soon for the Zimbabwe series Bora. yeah I think the fitness aspect we knew this was happening so something good that like like to Go back to is it appears to be led by could be from the the committees uh, you know that the advisory committee that is pushing forward because it can't be a Mickey Arthur scenario because he's his tenure is finished but he's the not fitness, there anymore. Yeah, the fitness elements always been so it's something it's backed by the cricket board as well. Um, and the players, I think there was communication when um, the two K came in through that you know we were gonna the time's gonna become shorter as we go along um so the players probably knew the preparation be around it i think this is the first trial that's gonna have at that shorter time frame so you're gonna have players a bit nervous or not sure how things are um and adding to it you have social media coverage so opinions tend to get around very fast um, whereas back in time you probably there was numerous um, fitness tests that are being done as players as professional athletes you have to go through the each test to prove that you're physically ready to meet the rigors of the game I think the skin fall um, 70 mark that's a very lean like it's a tight margin I think that's an elite athlete's margin um, but in between, I'm sure there might be certain exceptions or um, allowances that are allowed. It's just the, the proper benchmark and they'll assess depending. Ideally, they'll probably assess depending on each player's situation or where things are. We, we don't know that. Till the player's done the test, done the, shown the results, they probably can look at it. 
um, but I think it's that reservation around that. So in the coming days, we'll hear more of players, I mean, either pass in the test or fail in the test, but also I think there are chances where you get a second go at it. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Uh, if all players say, decide, look, this is a test we can't make, we're going to all retire, it doesn't set up well for the, the situation. But yeah. I'm sure every, I mean, athletes, they're training well. I've seen, um, we've seen a lot of players change. Barnko did come out and say he saw the signs of fitness changing and um, the benefits of having, you know, being fit and seeing it. And now suddenly want to have that bit of time off. It doesn't reflect really well, but I'm sure he has his reasons behind it. But for the rest of the players or the system, we know there's a set system that, main focus is on fitness so um, hats off to the the committee pushing through that no you're absolutely right i mean we saw the difference between the players uh, especially when they're fielding you know this fielding standards has gone up dramatically so this is a system that works and yeah i mean i've seen lots of support coming from past players to both sides of the argument so it's something we'll keep an eye on and, and we'll, we'll talk about it as it develops. And um, the three players who got banned in England, uh, Sri Lanka cricket has decided to lift the ban uh, on Danushka and Kusal and Nirosh and Dikwella. So they are back in the contention for selection. For our, and we talked about Kusal Mendis having a good LPL season. This will change the composition of the team if they get selected the fight for places in the white ball setup has got uh, intensified yeah few ways to look at it could be the some of the players um retirements fast track the uh, early um bands coming off for the other three or it could be a sign where um we feel there's not a lot a lot of cricket going on at the moment and they've served their time, done the uh, time off. They've been good guys uh, during this period. So um, the boards come out and said, yes, um, they are free to or be ready to for selection. So not sure if there'll be any domestic cricket before the Zimbabwe series, but um, no. because that's how the letter reads that they are ready or allowed to play domestic cricket. Um, But I think there's an upside into having more players coming in. We've known Dikwela, how good he is behind the stumps. Kusal Mindis, Danushka Gunatilika, they're good players uh, at their peak. They have their challenges around them as as most cricketers do. But yeah, interesting mix. Uh, Do you get all three of them back into the squad straight away or do you pick one uh, or two? And work around that. Playing a, a tournament back in Sri Lanka means you can either have a wider squad or you can change the three team, three mm. uh, squads per game. Like probably a few players coming into a bubble or having that second string players in a bubble and then swap as you go along. So they'll probably, maybe they want to have those, that squad, them in that squad, there's that second bubble or training bubble around it. So, mm-hmm. um, few things, few avenues to look at. What um, I think I'm going back into because of the players, now bans being announced and also some of the retirements going in going hand in hand, is the rigors I think of cricket, international cricket that is coming along. Those choices, you know, 
he's he i mean banukaraja parks angelo pereira they are all now at that um, maturity age of 32 33 and onwards mm. uh, some players feel look i don't want to be involved with the rigors of you know pushing for it's the it's different when you're a 22 23 year old against a 30 34 year old yeah. your um, you your choices tend to change so maybe that's their thinking look family and life after cricket is slowly coming into the picture now yes so many things to consider i mean my decision to move to australia it based on lots of reasons family and you know otherwise there was a possibility of me playing for a couple more years uh, first class cricket in sri lanka but you'll have to make those decisions um, according to your situation so and uh, soon after zimbabwe one day three one days which they're going to play in pallikale pura they're going to come to australia so that's five t20 internationals i think they'll have to bring at least 20 players i mean you can see england struggling to field a team uh, in the ashes because of the injuries they have so they will at least think they will at least bring 20 players to australia if so there is a possibility of all three making that touring party yeah i've got a slight smile on my face with that as you say whether they'll bring a large squad if not got a right to the cricket board said we there are few players who are ready to come out of retirement who are not retired living in australia yeah with their hands up case uh, they they're struggling especially in melbourne um, yeah. but yeah they they probably would think about having a, a bigger touring squad a touring team yeah um that's something uh, it will be interesting by then we'll know who the um national coach is and who is the support staff around them um as it stands Ramesh Ratnakar takes over uh, the role for the Zimbabwe series i think um under the purview of Mahela who will probably uh, guide them or you know structure it around what needs to happen um new name ruin peeris i know he was the head uh, was in charge of ncc uh, some time back so it's a good uh, opportunity for him i've uh, worked with him briefly through my playing days and also his um some of the coaching stints he's had in more of batting roles to you know assistant coaching roles so mm. that's a good avenue for him to be part of a national setup and be exposed into that setup so we wish him well i'm not sure what the fast bowling setup is cuz um i guess that will fall under ramesh shatnaik as well yeah. and yeah that's going to lead another team into it he's um, recovering from covid for us so there's a bit of uncertainty of him captaining the series so mm-hmm. that's something yeah. we have to keep an eye on uh, i have a funny feeling that mahela might come with the team to australia for the t20s we'll keep he an eye on that as well yeah then on a guest if we can get him on our cast but um yeah yeah not sure what his commitments around that um it'll be a good series australia on a high winning the world cup and ashes so it it will be a tough series for us unless australia um keeps a few players so that they'll open up some of the big bash performers into it but uh, i'm guessing from mahela onwards to the captains they'll keep an eye out on what's happening in the big bash um, to see who are the players exposed there 
Um, from there. Um, I think that's a good place to move on to Ashes, Bora. We talked about Usman a lot. Yeah. Last few episodes, he got the opportunity to play his comeback test um, at SCG. He came out and played two magnificent innings and scored two hundreds in both innings. And um, you know, his celebration, the silence uh, was something I was surprised to see, but. It was yeah. it was it was really good to see him getting runs for a yeah fairy tale game for him I guess and to a lot of the you know if someone wants to write a script about a good comeback can't get anything any better than what Usman did um, listening to some of the discussions he had he leading him to he said he didn't have the best preparation but. Uh, it shows that a player who's at that maturity level knows um, it's just a few balls away or, you know, a minute or a time away from spending in the middle and everything comes across back into the groove because um, what you got to realize, it, he's trained his lifetime or as a professional player, they've been training so long. It's always one, you know, one shot away or one moment away from yeah. things coming back to it. Um, but a lot of emotions involved because he was out of the um, Australian setup for a while, which was surprising. A lot of things went his way to get number one picked into this test match, COVID yeah. scenario. Um, but I mean, he's done everything possible. Um, it was good to see his family. He's got a young family out there. They enjoyed that moment. Um, we enjoyed it. Uh, watching that because we kind of we are on his bandwagon behind, you know, rooting for him to every success that he's getting and shows uh, the depth uh, that Australia suddenly is finding in the batting group with uh, now him scoring runs as well. So mm. small leadership changes brings about some changes. So um, looks like Pat Cummins uh, leadership change has sparked a few, you know, players who weren't uh, being able to get on top of their game seem to be coming around now. Look at Scott Boland. I mean, <laughs> he must be thinking test cricket is so easy. He's <laughs> bowled 30, 32 overs yeah. and taken 11 wickets. <laughs> so, was he yeah. thinking, oh, what's this all fuss about test cricket in hard? And uh, yeah, you're right. Um, now, it, it, you can see the way um, the past cricketers the present cricketers supporting Usman. I mean, there was a lot of support uh, for him to get runs and he's done that. Now, George Bailey has a big headache <laughs> because he has to pick a side for the last test, which is a good problem to have as a selector. That's what, we, what you need. But England, they're looking at the gunpoint again. <laughs> they are trailing by 357 runs. They still have a day to bat to uh, save a test. Yeah. Oh, England are struggling. Um, something I'd like to just touch with, we've spoken about it as well, um, with the English camp talking about their systems, not ready players, aren't ready for international cricket, but um, this is where coaching comes into play. You know, as a uh, top-end coach, you can't be saying they're not ready to play. That's the skills that the coaches have to improve on players. That's your job as a coach, being able to spark that change. Of course, there is that time factor involved, but if you were earmarked, you know who the seasoned players are coming through the ranks. You spend time to improve and challenge those players in certain changes to do. Um, 
it relates not only to England, it will relate to Sri Lanka mm. as well. Some of our players who we feel are struggling with, uh, sometimes we say they, they're struggling to play spin. Sp- playing spin was a big challenge for Sri Lankans. I think it still is, even though we are in the subcontinent, we struggle to play spin properly. Um, how do we improve that? Put them under the, you know, the pump in a scene like, okay, yeah, very rarely you're going to find players who are ready for international cricket. Um, mm-hmm. That's more of a natural talent uh, coming through, like your Steve Smiths, uh, Joe Roots. Everyone else is going to come up, be exposed to international cricket and try to bridge that gap. So if, like, you hear people saying, oh, um, they're not ready to play international cricket. Not many players are. It's how they come up there and the coaching around them, the environment around them that allows them to be able to bridge that gap. You know, mm. Sri Lanka was lucky to have um, Mahela, who was we knew was in the setup. The Sangakaras, I think once they got there, they learned what they need to do to stay or become that international cricketer. Sangakara himself would admit as a junior, he wasn't, you know, in, on, on par to what uh, Mahela or even Tilan Samarira, you'll say, like in some of the interviews, it says some of the guys like Davishkas, Tilan Samariras, they were international material, whereas he was behind and he was always trying to catch up. Catch up. But once he got there, once he saw it, he worked out a plan. He probably related a lot to with his dad, who was his you know, coach um, or his personal coach, plus the support networks around him. And then he worked on improving himself. So that's the beauty of international cricket or the sport around it. And um, coaches around them have to help them uh, not be saying, oh, these players are not ready. They can't play here, kind of. That's something uh, what I've noticed on the discussions with, I feel, all right, um, you're not going to find him, like, you're not going to see a kid who's, yep, he's the next international test cricketer, right? Or international one-day cricketer. David Warner was a T20 cricketer, worked himself through into test cricket. Mm. And he's found, you know, a method. Um, you won't hear in the media say, okay, he can't play test cricket, he'll be out. So if that was the... I, I find that argument sometimes... Um, not it's a hard one i'd like to keep discussing more on that is okay international cricketers how can they you know reach the gap or be there i want to add a little bit to that i mean that's you you summed it up nicely i'll give you two examples right one guy is kusal mendis he got the chance to play for sri lanka he was like an overnight overnight success overnight sensation but it's easy to make it there but it's hard to be there for a long time that's a challenge isn't it i think one guy who did that was virat kohli i mean he did that for almost 10 years nearly 10 years yeah. now he's finding it hard to score hundreds he hasn't yeah. scored 100 for two years you know you get find out after after certain you know because technology today they you get find out it's how you come out of it and find a way to score runs or take wickets that's what makes you a better cricketer i think lasi malinga talk about this all the time you know um, um and the other example is scott boland right he's 32 yeah. and he's he's been bowling in these pitches for the last i don't know how long maybe at least 12 12 years you can see it's not new for him 
he has a job to do that's that's basically he's doing the job he does for his state he's doing yeah. that for australia now in the past that's where we missed out like we talked about sangakaras mahelas we had players who couldn't break into the top side because you had great players like sangakara mahela dilshan samaraviras playing in the national team i'll give you a couple of names mubarak kandambi even ian daniel to a certain certain uh, certain extent that's where the coaches and administration should come in um yeah. and have a plan to keep those those players in the system yeah you know you might not get get 10 10 years out of them but yeah. you will you will get good 3 4 years out of them that's something came into my mind when you when you're talking about that ah exactly and i think when you look at it it's not a structural or system thing then because when you had the guys like your mahelas sangakaras they all came through the same domestic club structure that we had um and the players we are lucky uh, are we others who came up managed to stick with that group learn and find out ways to you know make it work for them uh, and find success at international mm. cricket that's the challenge what most teams have rather than blaming a structural thing england um, they've got good players around now they're getting exposed into okay how can we find ways to um, find success because um, they're playing a hard tour out in um, australia um, i think uh, i was going to touch base with her on something more with the players as well now that um, we're here seeing a lot more international cricket being played um it's going to be interesting how the players handle uh, this young team handles it they're going to be on the road uh, by the sound of it a lot of time away from their mm-hmm. family and there're going to be a lot of distractions around it so does that distractions come with the old three coming back into the squad how well they're going to manage is going to be interesting especially from a squad point of view you know um how dasun will be managing those players and how those players are going to um come back into an environment is going to be interesting because number one the spotlight's going to be back on them the last thing you want to hear is uh the trios back and this is what has happened back into the squad kind of that's going to be the headlines that's going to be there uh, how well they can keep that headlines away from that is going to be interesting Yeah that's your leadership quality isn't it I remember when Graham Smith was appointed captain for South Africa he didn't want a certain all-rounder in his team because he thought um he's bad influence for the team Yeah you know what happened after that in his time as captain they they were the test champions and well they couldn't win a world cup but that was the golden era of south african cricket it's a, it's a tough call and um, and a balancing act as well so it's how you how you handle it you need um, certain type of individuals in your team for certain type of jobs so it's 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 a balancing act it's that's all i have to say about that nice hold on i oh, sound like for us gum there <laughs> yeah no, i think it's going to be a good challenge for the players um especially coming off um uh, I mean we've managed to how do I say it at the start when this thing happened or oh, um 
when our guys or when the trio made that mistake, it became it was a bit of a panic scenario. So there was fear, there was a bit of panic in the camp because I mean this was in England. All three guys broke on the curfew. What's gonna happen? Sri Lanka cricket. We lost three of our best players. What's gonna happen to us? So there's that fear about you know the anger around these players. Why are they doing that? Then it changed into okay. We were desperate. We were looking for players. Who do we, yeah. you know, in norm there? Dananjay De Silva he, uh, was batting at, I think, number three. Or then Vanidu batted number five, which was a good thing. I, I kind yeah. of uh, pushed for that. But we were in despair. Then we managed to find, okay, who are the players do we look for? We managed to find Charita Salanka because it gave him more chance to bat freedom freely. Or Patum Nisanka. Positions. Patum Nisanka came across. Um, yeah, so players are coming around, so and we've managed to find a working system for us. So now it's while that working system's going, integrating the other three back rather than resetting into a bad, you know, the old habits which didn't give us result. Um, so that's the management factor that we have to realize and work around it. If not, all the last year's hard work is gonna. I think we'll, we'll struggle back again. Um, but we are of now in a, oh, yeah, now we are in a better space where we are now thinking of how do we beat teams rather than competing against yeah. teams. Now, exciting yeah, times. I'm looking forward to the new year. Should we do um, two Q&As before we wrap up, Bora? If Yeah. I think we covered everything. Not much cricket happening. Um, we can talk about South Africa and in India, third test. And um, the second test, New Zealand versus Bangladesh in the next episode. The first one is... So this one is from Dimitri. He's from Brisbane. He sent this in November. So remember, we had a big backlog of questions and comments. So Dimitri goes, thanks for doing this podcast. One question. Why start the episode the same way every week? Superstitions. Big question mark. <laughs> it's not superstition. It's just that we are used to that, and I don't know. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Superstitions are a. It's a different topic. I think we can run a different uh, a whole episode on superstitions. Uh, cricketers are very superstitious. Number one, um, <laughs> I don't think it's related to that. But if two cricketers were doing the same thing over and over again, a lot of people can think it's superstition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like there are numerous things with when when you're in a tight situation and we are slowly coming back into the game or especially when the when we are in a batting when we are chasing a target or when we are batting or a partnership going you notice people the guys say don't move from your seat yeah. <laughs> don't move and yeah. if someone moves and a wicket goes that's it end of the you know there's war in the dressing room you broke the uh, <laughs> sequence so we cricketers are superstitious um there are scenarios where like i don't know you might this is something for the listeners to have a look and you might pick in some of the batters when they walk in they try to put their best foot forward into the boundary yes. line always the right leg going right leg going into the line if they don't yeah. it's superstition they'll somehow walk it out so the yeah. first leg into the 
inside the boundary line is your right leg. So um, those are some of the things um, superstition does. Uh, for us, I don't think I don't think it is, but um, something we'll think about and you know change it up with. It's it's um yeah. it's a fast it's a bowler's routine we are used to doing routines top of yeah. the marks in process over and over might be that with us you we both are bowlers so we have to be the same routine to follow yeah. what i could yeah <laughs> be, be careful uh, some bats when they don't like when others come and touch their bats and mm. you know there, there's lots of things like some people they don't step on the creases it's it's there's a big list i think we should make a list <laughs> come up with some of the quirky happy some of our players have done yes that's a, um that's definitely a good one to prevention in but the start of the episode is nothing to do with superstitions we found out a system and we stick to it I mean, okay. it's nothing to do with exactly superstitions right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one though go to the next one uh, niranjan yeah. from devala Oh, it's not a question, actually. Uh, it's yeah. a comment. He says, great podcast. More interviews, please. Um, we released an interview episode midweek last week, one we did with Ash Dolan. If you haven't listened to that, if you go up the feed, you'll find it. That was a really good one. We talked a lot about coaching, a lot about how the great cricket system works in Australia and uh, and uh, our experiences and his experience playing cricket in different parts uh, of the world especially in England and uh, it, it was a really good episode we had lots of fun uh, doing that episode you will like that episode go and check that out and in the future we will do more interview episode we have few lined up we'll make sure we'll keep you in the loop about those episodes as well one more mora you got one there yeah Shafiq from Melbourne in Sri Lanka you hear professional cricket or parents pushing uh, of not pushing uh, cricket as a professional um, aspect or a player moving into cricket as a profession the thoughts around it are there is it the sport only that the players have to be uh, thinking about what else would help become a professional athlete or a professional cricketer that's a loaded question it is a loaded question um looks a very in depth one i guess y- yes um shafiq you're correct um professional cricket is a is a big uh, big thing in in sri lanka uh, as well as the world now that with um the money coming into the sport um i guess advice for a young player would be yes you got to be on top of your game number one but also um got to be mindful around the um things that are happening around you managing your finances um being able to uh, prepare for life after cricket as well is another thing you know it's you're yeah. playing cricket but you got to be mindful uh cuz cricket takes a lot of your time out of the sport so um pr- professional athlete got has to train equal to work as similar to a you know professional working uh, in their workspace professional yeah. athlete will probably 
need to train 30 hours a week with our 30 35 hours a week on their skills so, especially cricket yes because you know you, you have to do your fitness your gym work your recovery plus um your bat and ball uh, skill training so i mean that's what three net sessions per week at least yeah. two to three gym sessions a week and yeah. plus in during season you play three day games so that's that's a big commitment and you're right, like at, that's 30 to 40 hours a week. Uh, when, you are, when you are a professional, the money factor is there. But when you start, especially at young age, money shouldn't be the only factor. It's like any other career. You have to find out whether you're good at it first. Yeah. And, um, and you have to find, find out what role you're playing in, that, uh, in, in a team. You have to understand your own game yeah. and try to make it better as you go. Professional cricket is a, or professional sport is a big ask on your skills. A change I'd like to see, or I'm not sure if it's happening in Sri Lanka, is more um, with the players that are involved in the professional sport with I is whether um, the we open up our players into exposure or getting advice of financial planners in the mix because as players like you're trying to hone your skills of being an athlete and you know performing at the top of your notch but then when the finances come do you have the right advice do you because you know those are the distractions around that um with the players otherwise I mean, Sri Lanka, the media is, uh, it's all, they only play for the money or they don't know what's happening. You know, that's a age old uh, question that is coming. But uh, we, as a, the players, if they have that support networks around them and um, the guidance at a young age, this is for players who are, you know, 20, 21 or 25 um, with financials coming into it. So those distractions don't get to them. Uh, we do have managers around, but managers are not financial planners. It's a different setup. So that guidance or that uh, aspect of it has to change in, or has to come about in Sri Lanka. It's like when you're sick, you go to a doctor. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't go to a random person for advice. Uh, it's the same when it comes to money. You have to. You have to get advice from, from the correct people. So it's very important. I think that's a good place to wrap up, Pura. Please keep sending your questions to us. Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast at gmail.com is our email. And we love to hear from you. We love to talk about cricket. So please send them in. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening in. It was a good episode where we discussed about, I mean, Sri Lanka is not playing much cricket. So, um, the preparation around it and as modern players what things happen I hope you enjoyed this episode most likely we've got a few more um, interview uh, episodes coming up so that will be interesting as we pick the brains off of the whole, uh, guests that we'll be having on the show but yeah thanks a lot for listening in we'll catch up with uh, another topic to discuss on our next episode cheers guys All right. thanks for listening see you next week see ya